You are listening to a podcast by Creekside, a ministry of the Salvation Army. We are a community woven together, striving to live and love like Jesus. To learn more, please visit us at creeksideatl.org. Well, good morning, Creekside. Welcome to worship. It is good to worship with you this morning. We're going to be continuing in our series through Acts. So if you want to turn with me to Acts chapter 3, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 10. That's Acts 3, 1 through 10. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time for prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a man lame from birth was being carried up, who was placed at the temple gate called the Beautiful Gate every day so he could beg for money from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple courts, he asked them for money. Peter looked directly at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. So the lame man paid attention to them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, stand up and walk. Then Peter took hold of him by the right hand and raised him up. And at once the man's feet and ankles were made strong. He jumped up, stood, and began walking around, and he entered the temple courts with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the man who used to sit and ask for donations at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with astonishment and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen. Life is about gates. There are so many different kinds of gates in life. Lots of different gates that we enter in and exit out of. Lots of doors. Apparently there are over 10 billion doors on planet Earth. At least that's according to one Reddit user. Um, his simple formula was there's around 10 billion people, so there must be about 10 billion doors. At least that's what I found on the doors forum on Reddit, which is where I like to hang out. Lots of really great doors on there. And so there are a lot of gates and doors in life. Gates um, all have the same purpose, even though there are so many. They all do basically the same thing. They let people in and they keep people out. Some are easy to go through and some are more difficult. Maybe you've accidentally ended up going through the wrong gate, or maybe it was a gate you could go through, but you very quickly felt out of place after you went through it. Uh, when we were on our honeymoon, Ken and I stayed at a very nice hotel, but there was a Ritz-Carlton down the road from us, and we had you know, uh, you know, nothing really else to do, and so we went down the road to the Ritz-Carlton just to see, you know, just to see what that was like, and we managed to get our way in through that gate and to get to the pool area of the Ritz, and it was unlike anything we've ever seen before. I mean, there was, you know, fruit-infused water over here and towels that smelled nice over here and, you know, just endless number of different amenities available. You jump into the water and as you're underwater, you could hear classical music playing. I mean, it didn't really sound all that great, but there was music playing. Uh, we even went over to one of the cabanas and started to sit down in one of these cabanas, and then we had an attendant quickly come over and ask us what number we wanted to charge 
the room, what, what number of the room we were staying in so they could charge it for the cabana, which was apparently about $500 to use for that morning, I think, not even for the whole day. And when they asked, I said, well, actually, I think we have some lunch plans and we're going to go ahead and get moving on then. And we quickly made our way out the gate we came in because we felt a little out of place. And there are lots of gates and doors in life, some that are, again, wide open and some that are a little bit more exclusive. And not just physical gates or doors, there are lots of other kinds of gates in life, college, college admissions, job interviews, social clubs, political parties, your employee annual review is a kind of gate, loan applications, credit cards, and on and on and on. So many gates to pass through. When you pass through one, it's a beautiful thing. But when you're denied getting through one, it's not as pretty a sight. And here we have this guy outside a gate, the beautiful gate, we're told. Uh, scholars believe this is probably the Nicanor Gate, which is a gate that was covered in what they called Corinthian gold, which was likely either copper or bronze. Women back in this time probably asked their boyfriends, okay, is this gold or is it Corinthian gold? You know, No, the, but still, even though it might have been Corinthian gold, that was still very nice for this time. And the gate itself probably looked opulent, this amazing, beautiful sight. And up against this incredible, beautiful place, you have a man, this guy who's been placed here, a guy who's unable to walk. And that's, of course, a problem. It's obviously a problem that he lacks mobility, but it's also a problem that, he's ha that he has this disability because at this time, Many people looked with suspicion on people who had some form of disability. They thought that perhaps something happened to this guy because of something he did. Maybe he's being punished for some sort of sin in his life or in his parents' life. I mean, we find this actually in the Gospel of John when Jesus encounters a blind man uh, in John 9. The people ask Jesus, okay, Jesus, who is it that sinned here to cause this man to be blind from birth? Was it his parents or was it something he did? And Jesus, of course, said neither the man or his parents, that this happened that the work of God might be displayed in his life. And Jesus healed the man. I think it's interesting that Luke adds here, uh, back here in Acts 3, that this man had been lame from birth. It's as if Luke is trying to say to his readers, no, 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 don't judge him yet. Withhold your judgment of this man. Hear him out. Don't judge him based on his circumstance or his disability. You know, we, we really still find ourselves judging people on the basis of their circumstances, don't we? We see someone asking for money on the side of the road and we assume that they did something to get there. They didn't just end up there and we avoid eye contact with them. I remember being at a meeting for all of the um, service providers for people experiencing homelessness in all of DeKalb County. And they had, at the beginning of the meeting, a man who had experienced homelessness um, present about his experience. And the thing that he concluded his very inspirational and impassioned talk with was a simple request. And his simple request was that when you drive up and you see that there's someone on the side of the road, to just acknowledge them. 
to just see them. He talked about just the frustration and the pain of people avoiding eye contact over and over again. For him, the thing that he wanted us to take home most was just to see people, to see them, to acknowledge their dignity. And we find here a very similar detail in the text, a beautiful detail here in Acts. We're we're told that Peter and John looked at him. They looked at him. They saw him. He thought that they probably had money to give. Uh, I imagine he was a little disappointed to find out um, that they didn't have money. We'll talk about that in just a second. But even if a little disappointed, at least Peter and John saw him. They looked in his direction. They acknowledged him. And friends, I want to just kind of pause and say here that you can only love those who you're willing to see. You can only love those who you are willing to see. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Life comes with its pains and its sufferings and its difficulties. There's no shortage of that anywhere. And, you know, it's it can be so much as to feel overwhelming, too much really for any one person to take in. And I'm not saying that you try to bear all the world's burdens or that you take all this on yourself, but you can only love those who you are willing to see. There's a tendency to avoid the pain of others. There's a tendency to opt out for the minimum, to send something but to never pick up the phone. There's a tendency even to cut people off today all together. You know, if you see something that they've said or something they've done or shared or posted, it's easy to just write people off all together. And you have to practice healthy boundaries and set healthy limits. This is good for us because otherwise we're no good to anyone. But at the same time, I want to ask you today, who are you needing to see? Who is looking to you to be seen, to be heard, to be understood? Is there someone that the Holy Spirit is just nudging you ever so gently to encounter and to be that person who says, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. In the name of Jesus, be understood, be heard, be accepted, be acknowledged. This man is seen by Peter and John. And like I said, he's expecting some money. This is what his typical encounter was. People would see him and like good pious Jews, they would come over and provide him with some money. But Peter and John probably had less money than he did. And Peter says, I don't have any gold or silver, not even Corinthian gold. And imagine again that in that split second, he had uh, a moment of just disappointment, you know, Uh, like, okay, well, if you don't have anything, then move on. You're in the way. Someone else might see me. Someone else might come by. What are you doing just standing there looking at me? He might have been a little disappointed that they would take that time and not provide some more help. Peter and John are getting in the way here. I also wonder if maybe someone else isn't depending on him to make some money that day. We're told here in the text that someone placed him there by the beautiful gate. 
Well, was he placed there by a friend or was he placed there by someone exploiting his condition? You know, depending on people to be sympathetic to him and to give him money, money they would then take a cut of. We, we really don't know here. And whatever the situation is, Peter and John are slowing down his work, slowing down his day. But they had, praise the Lord, they had something better to offer him. Peter tells the man to stand up and walk. He reaches down, he takes him by the hand, and he raises him up. One of the um, church fathers, one of the great preachers throughout all of church history, John Chrysostom, sees in this incident an image for the resurrection. He says, just as Jesus is raised, this man is also raised. That here we find this man lifted by the resurrection power of Jesus. This man is healed and he is saved. Saved is the word that is used actually. Just a little bit further uh, in this story, when we get to chapter 4 and verse 9, Peter is recounting what's happened and he uses the word saved to describe what happened to this man. Your text, your Bible, the translation might say healed, but the word there is really saved. It's the Greek word sozo. And it's this word that we get the word saved or salvation from in the Greek New Testament. And here, this man gets up and he walks and he follows Peter and John into the temple courts and he celebrates there alongside them. He probably joins the Christian community after this. In this passage, we find this man, according to Peter, is saved. And this man was once kept out of the temple gates, and now he has found a way in. He has entered in through the gate, but not just the gate that he was always laying next to. He's entered in through the gate that was Jesus. Jesus was his way in, and Peter and John save him in the name of Jesus, we're told. You know, when you do something in someone's name, that means you do it on their behalf as their representative. Peter and John actually don't save this man. Jesus saves this man. They just perform what Jesus does through them. They do it in Jesus's name. He is present. And Jesus says in John 10 that he is the gate, that if anyone enters in through him, they will be saved. So Jesus saves this man, body and soul. And this, friends, really is what salvation is. It's a man who isn't able to walk, being made well again. It's a child getting something hot to eat. It's a woman who sleeps in her car, finding finally a place to stay. And, and it's also the forgiveness of sins. It's being born again by the Spirit. It's being made to live as Jesus lived, to be like Him. And this is why a Salvation Army exists in the first place. This is our birth mandate, our birthright. The Salvation Army has, for this reason, summer camps and shelters and orphanages and hospitals and fitness centers and mobile shower units and safe houses and family stores and recovery programs and coffee shops, some of which we do well, 
others were, you know, getting better at. <laughs> but we have all those things because we believe deeply in what salvation is. William and Catherine Booth got about saving souls, but they quickly found out that there were bodies in need of saving too. And the truth really is that there's no separating the two out. We are bodies with souls and we are souls with bodies. Our whole person is in need of saving. It would be a sad day, a tragic day, should the Salvation Army ever focus just on the body to the exclusion of the soul or just on the soul to the exclusion of the body. When you enter in through a gate, you don't leave some piece of you, some part of you behind. Your whole person comes in. We exist to invite others in, to invite all there is of them in through the gate that is Jesus. And friends, as we come to a close, this sermon, everything we've so far discussed, won't really matter at all if you don't also do something when you feel that nudge, that nudge Peter and John felt, that gentle invitation of the Spirit just to look and to see someone, to show them the way through the gate, the beautiful gate that is Jesus. I don't know what that gentle nudge might be for you, what that, that soft invitation of the Spirit might look like. Maybe it's a conversation, maybe it's a phone call, it's a trip to the day center to donate some clothing. It's, I don't know. I don't know what it might be. But the beautiful mystery of life in the Spirit is that those invitations, even as we meet for worship right now, are already all out there waiting, waiting for you to say yes and to follow him wherever he might lead. We have a savior who's come to save all of us, our entire being, our minds, our bodies, our souls, and he's come so that we might also offer that same salvation in his name to others, to show them the beautiful gate, the beautiful gate that is Jesus. Thanks again for listening to this podcast by Creekside. We would love to connect with you. Visit creeksideatl.org.